So, nice to be with you this morning. And as we've heard, I've been asked to speak on the subject of devotional practices. So, center, central, I should say, to our devotional practices, as we, I think, mentioned briefly in passing last night, is the uh, idea of Sharanagati. This is a song from the Book of Songs, uh, composed by Bhakti Muthakur in Bengali, entitled Sharanagati. I um, don't believe any of our Gaudi Acharyas has brought out this idea of Acharya, of, of Sharanagati, with uh, greater emphasis than Bhakti Thakur. Following that, Pujapachrita Marsh uh, wrote a, a book, Prapanna Jivanamrita, some of you may be familiar with, in uh, um, uh, putting together various verses, Sanskrit verses from various texts that uh, represent the different sixfold limbs of Sharanagati. And uh, it, it thought that by reading that book alone, one can become Krishna conscious. Everything's in the book, one book. <laughs> so, uh, um, I had, a, I think the Marsh has it now, but I had a copy of the, um, of the copy. I had the copy of the book that Pujapad Sridharmarsh gave to Prabhupada hmm? as a gift when it was published. It was paid for the publishing by Prabhupada's sister, Malatrini. Some of you may have met her. And in the book, Prabhupada signed it, his name a couple of times. It was his book, you know, under the care of A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, and he dated it and so forth. Hmm? So, um, Sharanagati means surrender, and it's uh, as theologized beautifully by Thakur Bhakti Vinod, the outward expression of shraddha, faith, which, which tends to be kind of a conjure up a maybe an intangible faith, especially in this world today. Faith is thought to be a departure from reason. If you don't know, then you say faith and and. Uh, Act accordingly, something like that. But really, it's it's quite different as as we understand it. Faith, that is, is the very animating principle in life. And this is mentioned in the Gita, where Krishna says, "Shraddho ayam purushaha." A person is their faith. Hmm? As I've often cited, Pujapad Sridharmarsh gave a kind of the, the converse of that, by way of saying that suspicion leads to suspension. So, as much as we are suspicious, then we are, we are, our animation, our movements are suspended. Hmm? And as much as we're moving and animate and alive, in a sense, as much as we have faith in whatever it is that we have faith in, that then propels our movement. Hmm? So, it is with bhakti. We say that eligibility for treading the path of bhakti requires faith alone. It differs, that is to say, then from the paths, for example, of yoga and jnana, which are also transcendental paths, in not that they don't require faith hmm, to, to, in order to tread them. Faith is, is, is required 
If you don't have faith in the, in the process of yoga, then how are you going to take it up? Where will be the motivation or gyan? So faith is required. However, the difference is faith plus something else. In each case, in gyan and yoga, there are prerequisites. But bhakti, faith alone. Hmm? Bhakti Vinotakura uh, wrote another beautiful song depicting Nityananda Prabhu as the seller of faith, of, 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 of nam, Krishna nam, setting up a marketplace in Surabhi Kunj and selling the faith for only the price, or nam, excuse me, only for the price of one's faith. Shadavan Januhe Shadavan Januhe. another song similar. Faithful persons, they can uh, enter into the ecstasy of nam, nam, nam kirtan. So, very generous is bhakti, and she creates that faith herself, and that bhakti, that faith, again, it's not an intangible thing, really, as it's thought today with regard to reason, often being a departure from reason, it's really not like that at all. Indeed, reason looks well when it reasons in support of faith. Hmm. Faith is a vehicle by which we can um, enter into transcendence. Reason is not. If we try to go there with reason alone, we'll be repelled. The reason for that, if you believe me, is... Of course, that the, that consciousness itself, the Atma, but to speak of, of 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 the Godhead, is transcendental to intellect, to reason. So, um, therefore, reason cannot shed light on that which is superior to it. Hmm? The soul and God don't show up in in the court of reason as to whether or not uh, the case is whether or not they exist. It's beneath them to do so. Something like that. So, if we try to enter there with reason alone, keval hmm? yukti, then we'll certainly be repelled. And the way in which that manifests, of course, is that we look, we try to look at something that is explained as reasonably as possible, while it itself transcends reason. Hmm? Thus, the explanation falls short always. Um, we try to look at it with the with the uh, lens of reason and capture it, understand it, which the, uh, the, the philosophy itself does not do and, 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 and tells us as, such, uh, as, as much. Um, but missing that point, intelligence has to be controlled also. We, shouldn't be, we should use our intelligence, but we should not be used by our intelligence. Hmm. So then you'll start to find the gaps, if you will, the holes in the, in, in the philosophy, which are, this is, that's inevitable, because it cannot fully, in language, in thought, and so forth, you cannot capture completely that which transcends both of them. Hmm? Our Gaudiya Acharyas have done a good job, but still, if you want to examine only with intellect, then intellect is a dead thing, mind is a dead thing, body is a dead thing, Consciousness animates all three of them, gives them meaning and apparent life and so forth. Hmm? So they like, like, attracts like, something like that. So mind, intellect, they will try to make that which is alive, uh, dead, like themselves. Hmm. So, 
I mean, Bhagavatam is a good, gives a good bashing of the intellect, actually, again and again. Hmm. Mahaprabhu liked very much the uh, statement of Roy Ramananda in their conversation when um, Ramananda said, Gyane prayashu utapashyanamanteva, that, uh, and Prabhupada translated, hatefully rejecting the, uh, the, um, the attempt, the aggressive attempt, really to enter into Krishna Leela with your shoes on, so to speak, with your, with your, go there by your intellect and capture it, arrest it, uh, understand it, measure it. The word maya means illusion. It also means to measure, of course. So this measuring, calculating, and so forth, this is what we do. It's what the intelligence does, and it thinks it knows by such. So, rejecting this method, an ascending method of knowing, going by, by imperfect means, if we want to attain perfect knowledge, we have to have a perfect method. That's reasonable. And the perfect, and intellect is an imperfect method for arriving at conclusive understanding, and that's apparent in that you can take any subject well, many subjects, I should say, and debate them, and you listen to one side, and, and you're convinced, and you listen to the other side, and you'll be convinced, and the arguments. It's really a psychological reason that we choose one argument over another. It's not a, nobody wins rationally on so many issues, but however we're psychologically disposed, however we feel, we respond accordingly. And we are, of course, more feelers than we are thinkers. Therefore, we say, yes, Swami, I agree, but... Yes, but that's not a good way to feel. <laughs> but if we can use intelligence properly to rise above those feelings that are not spiritually reasonable, then we can get feelings hmm, that matter. Hmm. Um, so it's a heart exercise. This is, a, this is a, the path of, of the heart. Hmm. And there's a place for the head. The head should be used to soften the heart. Hmm. And so, so to reason hmm, about faith, about a descending means of knowing, that means if the Godhead wants us to know about himself, we can know. Otherwise, not. That's reasonable. If the finite wants to know the infinite, he will have to have some grace of the infinite to do that, which the finite could not do unto itself, but which the infinite can do. The infinite can reveal itself to the finite, although the finite, otherwise on its own, cannot capture the infinite. But out of its infinite capacity, the finite can make what is not possible, the infinite can make what is not possible for the finite possible, right? That is the meaning of infinite. There's no, nothing impossible for that. So it isn't impossible. This is mission impossible, by the way, that we are <laughs> involved in here. So <laughs> in the real sense of the term. So... We need some grace for that. And the perfect way of knowing, therefore, is not by intellect, but it's, it's, it's by understanding the shortcomings of, of intellect and, and rather a transrational, not an irrational, but a transrational uh, method. And that's what the, the, really the, you know, we fold our hands. This is, we hold our hands up like this. This is Sharanagati, hmm? Hare Krishna. And, um, 
from the knowing comes from up to down. So when, when, when we reason well about such, about the nature of revelation in support of faith, this reason becomes beautiful. Otherwise, um, it, um, it, uh, it, ha- it has no, um, uh, it's like a line rather than a circle. It's disturbing. Where does it end? So, this is Western philosophy, for, which was also took up the Christian idea of linear time and so forth, which has got everybody's mind agitated. Because you can't answer the question, which came first, the chicken or the egg, as you know. If you look at it from a linear point of view, there will be a chicken and egg, a chicken and egg, and chicken and egg, and which came first. If you look at it from a cyclical point of view, you say you can know the answer, neither one. You can see the whole thing, and it's complete. Neither one. This is the answer. It's a con, I guess. Gaudiya con. <laughs> which came first? We say the seed or the tree. Hmm? Either one. But if there was a line, you can never see the end of the line, so you can... Uh, no, no matter, no wonder that the Western world has a disturbed um, mind, if you will. So, so faith and its outward expression, Sharanagati. So, Bhaktivinoda Thakur is very much, very nicely given, very tangible kind of what is faith? It's, it's, it is even the Latin term of faith or believing. I think must be credo. Uh, it, it, it implies action, not fence sitting. The intellect, we can sit on the fence and kind of know, hmm? right? Mm-hmm. But not comprehensively. Hmm? Um, so, so bhakti is very active. Hmm? Um, love is active. I've often said we, we cannot rest until we found love, materially speaking even. But once we find it, then it's not that you sit still either. It has an orbit of its own that moves in, in another way, and it's full of the same ups and downs, if you will, of ordinary life before having found love, but it's, it's, nonetheless it's an orbit that you won't get off but it, because even a lover's quarrels are exactly that. It's, it's thought. Hmm? Union and separation, union and separation, and they augment one another. <clears throat> so, so Taka Bhaktivinoda uh, theologized, I think, very beautifully with regard to Shraddha and tied it appropriately so to Sharanagati. We find in the Gita, it ends with this point Sarva Dharman Pritajamami Kam Sharanam Braja. Take shelter of me, none of any other gods or goddesses. Get rid of religion, he says. You cannot take shelter of me means to, as I say, give up. You have to give up religion to know Krishna. That's what he teaches. Sarva Dharma, of all the other gods and goddesses, now we're coming for the Govardhan Puja. Of course, this is a huge example in the Leela of um, Radha Govinda, of Sharanagati. And Gopritve Varanam the very central, the Srupa the, 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 the primary characteristic of Sharanagati, that Krishna is my maintainer, 
Hmm? Not Indra. Hmm? Well, I guess we'll go into that as the, as the, the day comes here in, uh, in, a, in a week or so. Hmm? But a big, in the narrative of the Leela, this Sharanagati is obviously, these are premikas, but they're also Sharanagatas. Prem will come after, Bhav and Prem will come after Sharanagati, but Sharanagati will, will continue along as well. So there couldn't be, for example, a more, in one sense, prominent Leela than the Govardhan Leela. Why? You think, well, Rasa Leela is the most prominent Leela, or you might think in Sakiras, uh, you know, the Mohan Leela or something, a different. But it would be hard to argue objectively with the idea that Rasa Leela is the supreme uh, Leela or the most uh, um, something. But the Gauran Leela, what I'm saying is that, is that not everybody can participate in Rasa Leela, but everybody in Brudge, everybody, everybody, everything, right? this is all taking shelter of of Govardhan Hill, and every, out in the open, everything. Hmm? It's not just a story that the cowards are telling as they come home that, you know, you take with a grain of salt something about some big demon that appeared and Krishna slayed him or something like that. Hmm? Everybody, and right in the center of their, uh, disrupting their, if you will, re- religious uh, practice for, since time None of the Mars didn't know. In more memorial, we've been worshiping Indra. We're going to change everything. So we will go into that. But this is an example uh, in the Leela of this principle that a devotee is a Sharanagata. And it's sixfold, the Sharanagati. And as I say, by tying it inappropriately so to faith, Bhaktivinoda has given a, made faith very tangible. Hmm? How how much faith do you have? How surrendered are you? How how much do you accept that which is favorable to to bhakti, hmm? and reject that which is unfavorable? And does that become your moral? How much does that become your moral compass in life? Hmm? We said the other night that that we tried, cited Bhishma Dave that the more you grind two stones together, the finer and finer the dust becomes, and so it is with discourse on morality. More and more nuanced things become. Hmm? Maybe, maybe it is okay to do that in this circumstance and, that and so forth. This is our tradition. It's not really it's a bunch of old rules from thousands of years ago that don't apply. Hmm? It's a very strong statement. Hmm? Um, so, anyway, what was it? Uh, so. So, you're not following either, so it's okay. <laughs> Too many points. Yeah, that's Rita's uh, example. I don't remember how I got to more to the, that thought came. Moral compass, yeah, all right, the moral compass, thank you. So, the we, what is our moral compass then? What do we determine as 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 devotees, as, as non-religious, or spiritual experiential practitioners, rather than practitioners with a religious orientation? 
um, to life. What is our moral compass? And, and, and this is really it. What is a Sharanagata's moral compass? Whatever is favorable for bhakti, I'll accept. Whatever is unfavorable, then I will reject. And uh, you could drink tea on a cold day. Uh, it's possible. Hmm. That's another story. <laughs> another story. I'm supposed to drink tea, but maybe a play. <laughs> anyway, so um, if it's favorable for bhakti, then this should be our our our, our moral compass. This is this is the first anga limb of sharanagati, anukul pratikul, accepting what is favorable, rejecting what is unfavorable. To be a little dynamic, you have to be. You have to have a little taste for this. Hmm? make such determinations um, and a little knowledge, good guidance. So then, of course, I'll just go through them and brief them, uh, while we're on the topic of Sharanagati, which is center, central, central then to the devotional practices that we're called to, to speak, speak about today. So accepting what is favorable, rejecting what is unfavorable, Rakshikshatidivishvashva, um, accepting Krishna as my protector, hmm? accepting that Krishna as my maintainer, they're, they're slightly different. And this latter, the main maintenance is, as I say, this ruplaksha, the primary characteristic of Sharanagati. And then um, um, the um, humility, dainya, not money vedanam, kind of self-resignation, just like the examples given, like like a sold-out animal, you do what you want with me. I'm your domestic animal. Take me here, feed me, milk me, as may be the case. Putting our hands, ourselves, in the hands of Krishna. And these have these sixfold limbs of Sharanagati have five kind of dispositions that go with them. Anukul hmm? pratikul means the disposition is a is a vow, a promise. I make a promise. This is a, Spirit behind it. Um, Krishna is my maintainer. It's, it's dependence. Hmm? I'm a dependent entity. Hmm? Like this. Um, Krishna is my protector. Vishvas. This is a, a, a confidence, a sense of confidence. Krishna will protect me. Hmm? He will. And uh, humility is its own. Uh, it's a limb and it's its own mood and self-resignation of Atmanivedam. So this is a little bit about Sharanagati and this, as we said last night, we should surrender and do kirtan. Surrender and do archan, the limbs of bhakti. The mood, the stage, uh, the drama on which this, uh, even sadhana is performed, what to speak of the leela, is Sharanagati. I said last night that the, the drama coming to a theater near you soon in your heart if you have the stage set up and the lights on you know it's coming uh, something like that that stage is sharanagati but uh, uh, as much as it's required for the drama of the leela to enter the heart it's required for for sadhana hmm. sadhana is in one sense building that stage hmm, as that is erected and our sadhaka day has properly been engaged and so forth uh, as a work in progress and the work is done, then, then siddha day will come. Hmm? 
in the later stages of sadhana bhakti. So, with that said, as to the spirit, the center, the core of our devotional practices, what should be the overarching kind of um, mood, sensibility, disposition, and so forth. Thakur Bhakti Thakur has sung here about a number of those devotional uh, practices in his book, Sharanagati. This is one of the songs, Shuddha Bhakta. So, if uh, with your patience, we'll go through the, uh, with the song here briefly and comment on some of those devotional practices that we do, that we may do them with a better understanding of the implications of them, the significance of them. Um, you are, we are supposed to use our mind and intelligence, so this is a, an example of that. Shuddha bhakata charana renu bhajana anukul, he says. So he begins, and I believe very appropriately so, with the idea of um, taking shelter, in a, and it's said in a nice way, in a poetic way, of the of the of the um, the dust of the feet of a shuddha bhakta, the proverbial pure uh, devotee. Shuddha means pure, and bhakta means devotee. Chadanarenu, particle of dust from the feet. This is a common kind of um, saying, the dust of the feet. The, the feet, of course, um, are, th- are the lower part of the body. They're always in touch with the ground. And, um, and amongst the, uh, in, in a sadhu world, there's a lot of barefootedness, at least it used to be, um, quite the, the custom to go barefooted and without any means of conveyance if you were a sadhu, Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasri Thakur kind of turned that idea on its head, uh, apparently, while actually embracing the essential uh, understanding uh, behind it. Hmm? So he used shoes and vehicles for a broader outreach of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. He couldn't have, Prabhupada could not have, well, he came close to swimming across the ocean on that boat, I guess, but... One time, one reporter asked Prabhupada, if you're spiritual, why did you come here on a plane? On an airplane? Like, why didn't you come on a carpet? You know? Something like that. Prabhupada said, well, you know, I wanted to come to you on your terms. When in Rome, do as the Romans. Something like that. So, I don't want to stand out. So, <laughs> so the dust of the feet, anyway. So this, this ha- makes more sense, I think, to us if we look at the history and the time and so forth, and uh, Krishna, of course, would not wear shoes for cow herding. It's a huge event in Govinda Lilamrita daily, in the daily, a day in the life of Krishna. This day in the life of Krishna comes, of course, from the um, Sanatkumar Sanghita. Rupa Goswami is taken from there and wrote a written poem about the, the, the visions of the day of Krishna, Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami, such a such a a, a, a uh, chaste follower of Rupa Goswami, has written Govindalilamrita, very voluminous a Sanskrit text, uh, all in, in in Kavya, all in love language, so many nuanced meanings there, and of course this is one of the 
one of the huge events daily, Krishna going to herd cows every day. Hmm? There's a huge drama about that. As there's the departing of Krishna from the the the, the elders, the Batsalya, the Bodhis, Jashodamai, Nanda Maharaj and so forth. Gopis and Madhuras also. Cowherds are anxious to go. The forest is very anxious to embrace him. The deers, the trees, and, and the pathways, and so on, that he will mark with his, with his lotus feet. So this conflict here between sentiments, that's very dramatic. And of course at that time, Krishna, uh, Mother Yashoda was concerned about his, his tender feet. But he refuses to wear shoes and the cows, and they just start going like this, breaking the dust, breaking the dirt, making it soft, as if to say, we'll take care of that. We'll be his shoes. Hmm? We'll make sure his feet are... And sheep gives permission, and off he goes, but he refuses to wear the shoes, so... um, that's beautiful, of course, because you know if you wore shoes, you couldn't track him per se. You couldn't tell his footprints from another's, and his footprints are distinct with their characteristic markings and so forth. Gopis could find him. Hmm? Gopis could find what is the position of Radhika, hmm? because he didn't wear shoes. Hmm. You understand? They could see all oh, these are his. Here he went this way, and on the Radhito Nunam Bhagavan there's somebody else with him also. Hmm? She must have worshipped him more. Hmm? He abandoned us for her. This is a very, uh, this is Anukul um, amongst the heroines, heroes, the 96 types of heroes. This is one nuance. Uh, Ram is thought to be like this, Anukul, accepted only Sita. Krishna had appears like, oh, he accepted so many, how can he be? But he shows really, I only accepted Radha, actually. Hmm? Indeed, these other go because they're all extensions of her, just uh, one aspect of her, one one emotive component of Mahabhav Swarupani manifesting as a full person. In case Krishna wants just that, then hmm, she will provide it and Radhika will take her there. Hmm. This is her serving disposition. So, anyway, his feet on the ground marking they could follow, and so many, what a beautiful thing has come from that, that Krishna doesn't wear shoes. So if we go back a little bit and think of the culture, and the time that this comes from, the idea of the dust from the lotus feet, it used to be such, and you can see it in some of the temples, in Vrindavan, the old temples, when you approach the temple door, there's a, there's a pump there, a well, a hand pump. And so the custom would be, there you well, wash your feet before going into the temple. And it works better than wearing shoes, which could be stolen when you come out these days. <laughs> so, so if you if your feet are always touching the ground, then arguably they're the dirtiest part of your body, the lowest part of your body, the part of someone's body that you'd be least uh, inclined to touch. What to speak of put on your head? Hmm? But the statement is made in this way to uh, make some emphasis as to the value of the association of a Shuddha Bhakta. If I could get a particle of dust from her feet, then my position would be enhanced. My bhajan life, my devotional practices, will then have meaning. Hmm? We should, this should be part of our compass, if you will, as to where we're at 
the extent to which someone of spiritual consequence is concerned about me, knows about what I'm doing. Hmm? This should be our healthy apprehension and concern. Hmm? Because it's by that well-wishing, everything can become possible. See the position of Nard, what became possible for Nard just by the well, excuse me, Prahlad, just by the well-wishing of Narada. Hmm? In the womb he was, Prahlad, Narada wishing him well. Hmm? And such a beautiful uh, form of Krishna, really. Nadsinga appeared, the whole Lila and so forth, all from the well-wishing of Narada. What power is there? Hmm? So, it's this way he's emphasized in, in the very beginning, this point. Hmm? This is really our our entry point. Hmm? Um, it's said that bhakti, of course, is gradual. It's you know it's gradual, like cooking, but you have to have the the the, the rice on the stove. Hmm? Otherwise, there's no talking about gradual. So that stove, that fire, that is the sadhusanga. Hmm? And sadhusanga, it it means that that. Uh, you know, it's, it's for intimacy, for sharing of hearts and feelings, thoughts. What are what, is, what are his ideas? You want to share them, hmm. and then our receptivity to that makes for sadhu sangha. We should try to get association with advanced devotees. This should be also our like compass. <clears throat> and somebody once, more than once, said to me, "Well." You always emphasize this sadhusanga, but there, if there's no no good association in my area, I tell them to move. You have to move. <laughs> you know, you know, it's, you're gonna have to sit there, and it's all gonna come to you. You have to move. Make some effort. <coughs> you have to move a lot, actually. <laughs> That's the truth of the matter. But so he says anyway that <clears throat> the dust from the feet. Of the Shuddha Bhakta. What is a Shuddha Bhakta? Then Shuddha Bhakta means means you know, Ruchi. Hmm? Ruchi has a positive connotation. It means taste. I've often explained that when the medicine of our practice becomes food, our food, hmm, and we can. No, we are on the down hill slope of the mountain that we have to climb to enter into the valley of Prem. <coughs> so, uh, prior to that, then the practice is, is, is medicine. We do it because we're told, because we think it's good for us, or we, um, and so forth. But this positive connotation of Ruchi, having a taste, Shreya Kairaba Chandrika Bhattaram, something tangible is from that side is is coming, not only coming, but it's showing up. Kairaba Chandrika Shreya Kairaba Chandrika Bhattaram, like moonbeams is described by Mahaprabhu. Hmm? Illuminating my my the you know, the dark night of the soul <clears throat> and the the secret path hmm? is is really of uh, the inner landscape. So, while that's true, 
that it has a positive connotation. Mahaprabhu, of course, describes it very beautifully by speaking about what it's not. I don't want this, I don't want that. You study what he says, I don't want, I don't. All the do, all the possible desires are included there. Hmm? And there's now there's something he does want. There's some positive part. I only Mama Janmani Janmani Shri. We talked about this last night. I don't. If you want to go back to Godhead, you have to get to the point of not caring about going back to Godhead. When long you think I got to get back to Godhead, then you have to get to a point where I don't. There's, there's many stories like this, of course, uh, with regard to Guru Seva, which is the form that Krishna most comes to us in to help us. Hmm? And, um, you know, stories of he's diligently serving Gurudev in his absence, and Krishna is so pleased he comes with his Vaikuntha ship or on Garuda to take him back, and he says, Sorry, no time hmm, for that. I've got service to do here. Hmm. Um, this idea. So, we want to be talking about devotional practices. We have to become so absorbed in them that that they they, they start to bear that they are the happy they are for us the happy thing that they are. They start to become the food rather than the medicine. Hmm? The example sometimes given we're given with regard to taste for nam of the jaundiced person, and the cure for which is to eat sugar cane, which is sweet but tastes bitter when you have jaundice. So. Keep taking it, and suddenly you'll find as as the jaundice is removed, the ignorance is removed, the taste that is there was always there in the cane will come to the fore, hmm? and then you will eat it without having to eat it, uh, wanting to eat it, and so forth. So, <clears throat> so shuddha bhakta charana renu, but an anukul and bhakta seva, service to the such devotees paramasiddhi. He says, Premalati Karmula. He says, this service to such uh, devotees, and we should serve the devotees. There are different ways, of course, to relate to devotees. There are devotees who are not as advanced to us as us. There are, there are those who are our peers, and there are those who are more advanced than us. And so we should learn the art of uh, the social art uh, within Vaishnavism, how to relate to the different devotees. Therefore, we have to stop Bhakti Abhai Ashram Maharaj from paying obeisances back to all the devotees who pay obeisances to him. <laughs> that is against the etiquette. Against the etiquette. It's, not, it's humility. <laughs> we know he's there, but he has to teach. Hmm? That... Uh, a different example has the burden of being a sannyasi, and it's a great burden. Uh, so, for with regard to advanced devotees, whose company we very much seek, of course, then we should render service. With amongst peers, we should uh, exchange notes. And uh, in association with those who are less advanced, we should try to help them. Hmm? Um, so, here, the idea is serving the Shuddha Bhaktas. And he says, what about that? Prema Lati Karmula. He says, this is both the, the root 
of our bhakti and the fruit, basically he's saying. This is the root and the fruit. So it's not that we... I did some service to devotees and now it's over. We, 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 or I, uh, I don't need association with devotees anymore. Uh, we don't find great devotees thinking like this. Who could be a greater devotee than Narasim Thakur and how he is lamenting that Kabiraj Goswami is gone, Sanatana Goswami has left the world, Rupa Goswami, how will I live, he said, how will I carry on in this way? This talks about a kind of, a kind of bond between devotees that we, we touched on to some extent last night that it should come about by our, by our um, practice. Hmm? If we associate with those who are like-minded, hmm? And affectionate, then um, that should create an, an example that's very compelling, attractive, and, and contagious. So, so this is all described here in the first line. And then he says, "What madhavatiti bhakti janani, palani Uh, so he's, he's Madhavatiti. Madhavatiti means uh, ikadasi, primarily. It may also mean other. Titi means uh, that it's uh, the the time, the quality of the time. Time is more often thought of as measurement of quantity, but uh, there's a great emphasis on the quality of time in Vaishnavism, and uh, and so the time of Krishna's appearance, for example. Hmm? And the uh, the time, the codice, the codice is, is the is the 11th day of the waxing and waning moon on the Vaishnava calendar. And it says here, Madhavatiti, this is Madhava's day, his time. The codice is his time. He made this time hmm, for remembrance of him twice a month. It has a very practical side to it in, in, in ancient Indian and agrarian-based Society and culture, where you would forego um, at least um, the consumption of of grains twice a day. When when we were kids, when I was a kid, I was raised as a Catholic. They had a, they had a sin that you could not eat meat on Friday. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a similar idea. Um, there probably was the, the sin was probably conceived of at a time when there was not as much available and there weren't slaughterhouses and so forth and it was more of a rare occasion or something like that. I don't know how they got rid of it. It's no longer a sin. I don't know how they do that. <laughs> but uh, it's more of a sin, it would seem, today than, than it was back, you know, 60 years ago. So, um, But I just give that as an example that, uh, that uh, we have a day uh, two days a month for fasting from what constitutes really food for us in the least in other words we're vegetarians so the, gr- the main s- stay of the vegetarian diet is often thought to be grain certainly it is in India in the north it's chapatis and in the south it's rice so if you go to the south and you, and you, and you say I'd like to have a meal they give you rice you know, and some vegetables and if you're waiting for the chapatis well you got to keep waiting they're not coming you don't grow it down here. Things have changed, of course, now, but that's what it used to be like. So if a person from North End, you went to South End, he'd say, God, I can't even get a meal down here. Hmm? And similarly, if they came from the North, from the South, then it would be chapatis, and they couldn't get the rice. He felt like he hadn't eaten 
So in our society today, if people haven't eaten flesh, they feel like they haven't eaten, right? So that's a problem. But at any rate, the, the idea here was to, to forego for a couple of days, and that would, of course, uh, from a practical point of view, pr produce in uh, abundance. Hmm? Theologically speaking, from the Gaudi perspective, Goddesses is a day in which it's thought that Krishna is the supreme enjoyer. Hmm? And what causes us to be inclined towards sense enjoyment is that the, the fluids that the body is constituted of, they press on the senses. Um, so as the lunar um, orb uh, uh, presides over the tides, hmm? right? And with a certain face of the moon, the oceans will rise. So with the face of the codice, the tides within the body will rise and press on the senses and make one more prone for reaching out and contacting sense objects, which is, of course, the such contact is, as Krishna says, the womb from which suffering takes birth, attachment to sense objects, dukkha yonaya so that's a problem. So there's these two sides, the one side being, uh-oh, the condescence is a problem. Hmm? So I should fast, huh? and then it's like kind of pulling the plug out of the tides, you know, they, they go down, because eating is, if you don't eat, then you, you can't really use the other senses very well either. Hmm? Um, so it kind of takes the wind out of the sails of, of, the, of the high tide of the fluids in the body. This is, this is the idea. So, therefore, fasting, that means codices bad, you should fast. Once I was walking with Prabhupada, and one of the devotees asked this very question, this, is, is codice, you know, bad, and therefore we, we fast, something like that. Prabhupada said, codice does not mean fasting, it means feasting. Hmm. So he was going to the other side. The other side, from the devotee's perspective, that Rishikena Rishikesha Sevanam, we're talking about bhakti, devotional practices are different. Rishikena, Rishikesha, Sevanam, Bhakti Rutam. This is a verse from Narad Pancharatra that Rupa Goswami drew on to write his, um, his very um, comprehensive uh, verse uh, describing Uttam Bhakti, Anya Abhilashita Sunyam Gyan Karmadiyan Abhitam Anukulena Krishna Anushivanam Bhakti Rutama. So in, we could play it out, but there's another class, but Rishikena Rishikesha Sevanam Uttam Bhakti means that, that, that the pleasure of my senses is the pleasure of the senses of Hari. This is the Samartarati of Gopi Bhav also. No, no self-interest, uh, whatever is Krishna's pleasure of Krishna's senses, that becomes synonymous with, 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 with mine. So, that being the case, then the idea is that Krishna is the supreme enjoyer. We want to make him happy. We want to satisfy the senses of Krishna. And on Ekadasi, in, in the, in, in the Aprakat Leela, we're not thinking that Krishna is God. So we're thinking, you know, he's this, he's, he, he, the, the fluids in his body are rising, making him more prone to enjoy, although he's the supreme enjoyer. Hmm? So he can enjoy even more on this day. So we shall make a feast and Kadasi means feasting. It's a day in which Krishna will accept more service 
than he would otherwise. So I'll be busy with all of my senses to satisfy. So codicy means feasting. It's not inauspicious. It's most auspicious. Of course, if you're busy cooking for Krishna, you won't have time to eat as yourself. <laughs> and both sides will be, uh, be covered. So, very uh, nice um, idea. It has some practical side and very beautiful and charming from a theological point of view. Madhavatiti, it is the day of, of, of Madhava. It is a, um, it's called, it, from the Rod Mark perspective, it is part of what we call Bhavasambandhi. Hmm? That which is somebody in relation to the uh, the ideal hmm, of the Braj Bhav that we have. Hmm? We have a central idea coming from our Guru Parampara. I will attain the Braj Leela. Hmm? I'm a member of the, I'm a Braj Basi. Hmm? This is my identity. And um, without going into specifics. And um, then there are those practices, that's called svabhav, abhishta, svabhav, then this is central to the practice, and then <coughs> hearing and chanting will support that, for example. Observing a codice is, is indirectly bhava sambandhi, because it is said that by observing a codice, what is the result? Remembering Govinda. So this is smarnam of Govinda, which is, of course, central to rag bhakti, so because it promotes directly Smarnam, it is indirectly Baba Sambandi, or that which is in relation, Sambandi, to the Bhava that one is cultivating and thus fosters it, gives support to it. The two at one point will become one. Those practices that foster the Bhava and the Bhava will become one. That's why when that Bhava is attained, the hearing and chanting will, for example, uh, continue. Hmm. Oh, also, so, Janmastami these days. Hmm. Kartik, Brat, hmm. these kind of things are all um, what he's talking about here. So these, this is a, you should observe a codice. We have a simple way of observing codice by the, 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 the fasting, the word for fasting in Sanskrit is upavas, upavas. Hmm. And upa means you're close, and vas means what? Residence, to reside close. Hmm? So the, the, the idea behind uh, upavas means fasting, but upavas means residing near, close. So the idea of ekadasi is to reside near, to come closer to Bhagwan. Hmm? And it's thought, as I've explained, fasting will we'll be so busy in the service that that will be kind of a side effect, so to speak. So we fast from the grains, beans, rice, like this, hum, and in trying to engage ourselves that much more in Krishna's service and come reside near to him. So you see, this is the principle. Hmm? That's why, for example, you will find the codice is described in terms of how to observe it differently at different times and different places. Because there is a principle here, and then there are details. The principle is, this is a day for coming close to Krishna, to Govinda. So we do those things which will bring us close, and we... Uh, uh, and, and eating is one of the main things you do, as I said, and fuels your senses. You get a good meal, you feel like, oh, maybe I'll go do something now. So if you're still hungry, you can only think about that. So at any rate, so so the principle is, because the principle is to come dear to Govind, close to Govinda, reside near him. Hmm? 
if what you will fast from or to what extent this has been altered over the years, over the centuries, by different acharyas. Hmm? If you read Hari Bhakti Vilas, how to observe Ikadasi, you'll, you'll faint. Uh, you know, you have to start the night before, and you have to stay up that whole night and fast, and then, and then the whole next day, you're up and chanting all. Then the whole next night, and then just keep, without you know taking rest the next day. Without, so um, we have to understand the principle. I remember once uh, sitting and taking lunch at Pujapatrida Marsh's Chaitanya Saraswat Mat in Navadweep, and um, and Ikadasi he was serving out um, Ikadasi Prashad. From uh, Gandharvika Giridhari, his deities there, and uh, so there's one disciple of Madhav Maharaj who was had uh, Madhav Maharaj had passed away, and and he had taken up uh, some residence in Sridhar Maharaj's moth and he was an interesting guy. But I mean, but anyway, what he would do, it, we would be taking prasad, and he would walk in front of us, chanting Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Krishna Krishna Hari Hari Rama Hari Rama 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 Hari 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 Krishna Hari Krishna 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 Hari 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 Rama Hari Rama 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 Hari. But if you were really listening, all you could hear is, "Why are you eating on a kadasi? Why are you eating on a kadasi? Why are you eating on a kadasi? You should be fasting from everything. You know, this is a lower standard. <laughs> That's all I could hear. So I, I didn't tell him that, but I tell you. So. So, you know, he had been taught to do it a certain way and Sridhar Maharaj was doing it another way and especially in relation to Western devotees and so they'd come and they have a different standard and so forth. So, But the principle has to be kept in place to reside near. And so, very nicely here, Bhaktivinoda Thakur says, Krishna Bosati, hmm? he says, Bosati Boli Parama Adare Kore. So, I want to reside hmm? close to Krishna, basically what he's saying. We should observe the Akadasi, this holy day. This is the day of Madhava. So, um, with great care, he says, Bhakati Jani, with great care, I very carefully observe these these holy days. And he says, they are the mother of devotion. And with the greatest uh, parama adari bodhi reverence, I. Uh, choose my dwelling place in the abode of Krishna. I want to reside near Krishna. Um, it, it, it means, of course, I want to reside in, in, in Vrindavan Goloka, but I want to make my place also like that. I want to make my place a place that's conducive for spiritual practice. I want to have my... Uh, set my house up, so to speak. He's a householder, Bhaktivinoda Set my house up like, like it's Krishna's abode. Hmm? And I'm going to just I'm, live there. You know, we have a little closet where we keep the deity, something like that. You know, it's supposed to be like you live in the closet, and the deity has the whole house to himself, and you've got a closet. You go in and sleep, and then come out. And as soon as you come out, you're just active all the time for serving the deity. Like when I first came to India, 19, maybe 73, Prabhupada invited me to come to the festival. I was in Australia at the time. So the, uh, the leader there in Australia, Madhavisa Marsh, he had been to India before and and he had some connection with some South Indian Brahmin family in Madras. And so we flew from Sydney, I guess it was, to Madras and then we took a, a train to uh, Calcutta and, and into Mayapur. But when we arrived in Madras, we spent the night at the house of these um, acquaintances, friends of his devotees, Vishnu Bhaktas. 
And, I mean, that house was extraordinary. And there we were, and they were taking care of us. They had a deity worship, and they, they, they must have, I don't know if they were mudbas, but they had a really elaborate um, puja every day. And I remember we sat down, and we were all um, you know, kind of relatively new to this, in a sense. And so one of the devotees, when they came to offer prasad, one of them said, is it offered? That's like a typical, is, is it offered? You know? And that guy was very pleasant, and his heart swelled up, and he, but he couldn't step but laugh. He said, this whole house is offered. And I looked at him like, yeah, that's, what, that's how it feels. The whole house has been offered. <laughs> so, and, you're, and you're one of the offerings itself. It was very, very charming. So, he says, Gor Amar Yeshabastane. Amar Gor. So nice. My Gor. This is Prem. Prem is full of minus. Minus. He's mine. Krishna belongs to us. Gor Amar Yeshabastane. Goralo Brahmanarange. So, and not alone. He says, I will go and visit all the places of my Gor. Hmm? Places of my uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, my Mahaprabhu, hmm? wherever he went, I wanted to go and travel to all those places. Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur started a program like this for, uh, he sent some devotees, Pujya Prachita Marsha is one of them, for part of the, the journey to go to all the places mentioned in Chaitanya Charitamrita where Chaitanya Mahaprabhu stopped on his tour of South India. Mm-hmm. And establish a a, um, a footprints in like in stone and marble uh, of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to be worshipped there. Hmm? This is a program started by Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur. Hmm? And so this is such a nice idea that and and Bhakti Milatakur is saying is I I would like to spend my life like this. Hmm? Wherever Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was gone, I will walk there. And I will worship that place, and then I will go to the next place. And I was, and each place that wherever I arrive, then I will think about everything that he did there. Hmm? And when I can't think of anything else that he did there, I'll walk to the next place, hmm? and, and then I'll stay there in, in, in this way. And, and, and I said, I don't want to do it alone. Yes, pranai bhakta sange pranai. Bhakta. Pranai means really close love. It's really the idea of love. Pranai means that feeling that you have with another that causes you to react differently with that other than you would with another person, a third person. Like, I've given an example. If you walk down the street and somebody touches you, you go, or you, you, excuse, you go like that and he goes, excuse me, sorry. But the person you have pranai for, then there's no difference between your body and theirs. If you bump into them, you touch them, they don't make that. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Oh, I didn't mean to touch you. Hmm? Because you've ex- extended your identification so much hmm? into the other person. There's a, there's a oneness that comes out of this. This is Radha Krishna pranai, Bhikkhuti Ladini Shakti Rasmad. The oneness of Radha and Krishna. And this, of course, this Kaviraj's verse of, of Sarup Damodar, it's Chaitanya Charitamrita, and it, it's played out in the Ramananda Sambhad, of course, that Pranay, the union of Radha and Krishna, that, that is 
that is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So anyway, he says, with loving pranayi bhakta, with loving devotees, I will go to all the places of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's pastimes. And this is what we'll do. We make a pact amongst ourselves. You see, it doesn't, you don't have to study all kinds of books and listen to all this philosophy. You, see, it's a, you retire and do this. Just go to all the places of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's pastime. Hmm? Or some extension of that. You could do every place that Prabhupada went, you could go there and think about it and write a book. Of course, they wouldn't let you in most of the places, but <laughs> sorry about that. So, so this is a nice, he says, Oh, and I hear the sound of the murdanga in my heart leaps. Kol karto, of course, these are the instruments of the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And uh, he says, to hear Gorbita, to hear the kirtan authorized by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. There's something, of course, we we are we are different modern people and so forth, and we um, um, have an earnest desire to spread Krishna consciousness. So we've been charged with uh, by our Gurudev Prabhupada, uh, myself, and others here, that uh, to find the novel ways and the means to engage people in Krishna service, and so that sometimes plays it out in terms of kirtan and so forth. And, and different musical type of arrangements, but there's also something what Bhagavad Gita is talking about here is, is the idea that there are certain the, the kirtan of Mahaprabhu. He, he says there's certain authorized kirtan that that, it's a, that makes your brain think in a certain you know it goes alpha or something like that, like a meditative state. So it's favorable to the kirtan. Whereas you could do you know I've seen you know rap music kirtan, it's like, well, it's having a different effect musically, and the name is there, yeah, but you're like working against yourself. So, so uh, this is what he's talking about here. Hmm? That, um, that kind of kirtan. This is, uh, my heart is, just swells with ecstasy to, to hear that. And jugula muti deki amor, paramanam dumoi, seeing the deity hmm, of Krishna, hmm? Being seen by the deity of Krishna, it's to be thought. This is a devotional practice to come for darshan. And we th- we tend to think about, I'll go to see the deity, but of course we're taught to think the deity is bringing us to be seen by him. And we should know that we're being looked at there. <laughs> so you want to dress right or have a clean heart, otherwise you won't be able to look. Right? So he says, and prasad seva kurite hoi shakala prapanchadai. So by seeing the deity, and connected with that, to take the remnants of the f- that have been offered to the deity as my food, hmm? prapancha, that this way we'll conquer over material existence. There's a nice statement like this by Uddhava in the 11th canto of Bhagavatam. Because, you know, the Bhakti Marg is very, very friendly and it's, it's very strange uh, from the perspective of yoga and jnana also. It's full of all types of things that yoga and jnana just cut out altogether. Household life, cut it out. You can't do that and do yoga according to the sutras of Patanjali or according to the Gita, which in the sixth chapter where the, that Astanga Yoga is discussed. Similarly, Gyanmarg. Hmm? 
celibacy, brahmacharya, this is a prerequisite. I said, this had to be said earlier. Along with faith, other things have to be in place as well. So bhakti is very different in that regard. It's very uh, user-friendly. It's like I say, the middle, middle way and so forth. Um, and here's another example. Um, beautiful foods instead of eating roots and whatever falls from the trees and so forth. And I'm trying to be a breatharian, um, you know, in the name of not being a taker and so forth. And be, be a giver. Hmm? Grow and give, give to Krishna and then take and, and use the energy to only to serve him and so forth. Is the idea. So anyway, Uddhava, he makes a nice statement. Hmm? He says that, uh, he said, our renunciation will be that we will only wear the vestments of Krishna. So he's a royal um, counselor of Krishna in Dwarka. So when he, he, the implication is whenever Krishna would retire an outfit, right, I don't wear that anymore, then that would become Uddhava's clothes and his remnants. So he would be dressed in a royal way or he could eat in a royal way by eating the remnants. This is our renunciation, he said. He's like like this to the renunciates. <laughs> He's like making faces at them. Hmm? This is our renunciation. We'll conquer over, this is what they want to do, they want to conquer over material existence, rise above. And so we will do that by wearing the clothes that you've handed, your, your hand-me-downs and eating your remnants. This is, this is our renunciation. A very nice idea. Hmm? Hmm. So with regard to Prashad, therefore, if people would come for example, and, and, and have the darshan of Prabhupada sometimes, and he would always, of course, offer this. You take some prasad, sometimes you would hear them say, no, I'm, well, I'm, we're fasting today, sir. You know, you say, well, really, why? That's another thing with Madhavatiti. It's said that in Kali Yuga, of course, that you can't do the penances and austerities that others have done, like the sages have done in Karanya and, 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 and so on. So that the penance, the austerities are like following the Kadasi, observing Janmastami, these type of things, very mild. Comparison for the pleasure of Hari. So you say, why you're fast? What for? What purpose you're fasting? Hmm? And of course, if we are offered prasad, we say, no, I'm fasting. Then we make offense to prasad. Hmm? So uh, here he discusses that. It's a very, as I said the other day, a very interesting um, concept because. Food is the basis of our existence. If you, it's the bottom line. If you don't, it's not sex or anything you know else. It's eat. You got to eat to live ultimately. So while this eating is the is the basis of our whole material existence, if you go as Vaishnavism, Vaishnavism does to the core, in this sense, of our material existence, that which is its which it's sustained by, and you make a conversion there. Hmm? So what you eat, which would foster and sustain your material sense of existence, now becomes that which dismantles your material sense of existence. And in the context of doing that, and that's done in the context of something else, something positive. You're eating Krishna's remnants, you become, become like Krishna. And, um, it's the idea. So it's very interesting. Hmm? Uh, very, the very uh, foundational foundation of our material existence is, is uprooted. A very elaborate um, concept of saying grace 
if you will, taking prasad, which is to be honored. And on Ekadasi, of course, Mahaprabhu would honor it. In those days, they would fast entirely. And how can you fast when there's Jagannath Prashad, which is famous everywhere, that you can eat it even if it's three days, five days, a year old. Hmm? Jagannath is very, very generous. Um, and, he's, of course, he eats a lot. Fifty-six kitchens, I think he has there. It's the biggest kitchen in, uh, in Southeast Asia, maybe in the world. Hmm? Every day they're cooking. It's famous, of course. Jagannath Prashad. So living in Jagannath Puri, the devotees had this dilemma. What, how will we observe the Ekadasi and honor the Prashad? So Mahaprabhu said, honor doesn't necessarily mean eat. You know, so they would pay their obeisances to the Prashad and honor it and fast. So at any rate, we are to honor the Prashad. It's an honor. I'm taking the remnants of Krishna as the spirit. So you've got to get this eating idea kind of out of your head and you can really take advantage of this particular devotional practice. As much as you've kind of lost sight of that and just becomes eating, you'll still get some benefit, but if you want to derive the full benefit, that's why we're having this kind of discussion, right? Hmm? Honor the prasad, Mahaprasad ki jai. Then he says what? Um, He says, Ye jedina grihe bhajate bhajana dehik he pauses for a moment. He says, I'm observing these practices. And what is the fruit? What is the result? He said, I saw my house turn into Goloka Vrindavan. He's saying, this is the potential. By following these practices, you can see your house turn into... So where is Goloka Vrindavan? This is the idea, of course. Morman Vrindavan, Radhika said. My mind is Vrindavan. Kindly place your feet there, Gurdjieff, she told him. So it's not a geographical place. That is offense to think that. Hmm? There's something that corresponds geographically with it. We call Dhamma Vrindavan, but it's it's a subjective, meditative world. Hmm? And the idea is to manifest it here by Bhakti. So he's, and he had, I don't know, 10 or 12 children, Bhakti, you know, he was a busy busy person, but he saw his house turn into Goloka Vrindavan. It's possible. This is very exciting. Hmm? Such a possibility. Charana Siddhadeki Aganga. And of course, you know, he speaks of the virtues of seeing the Ganges, hmm? which emanates from the feet of Vishnu in that vicinity. Hmm? And we can appreciate our local rivers and streams also some extent, um, I think along these lines. Tulasi Deki, Jurai Pran, Madhavatoshani Jani. So, worship of the, seeing the Tulsi, he said, this, this, this is like, like giving my soul a massage, he says here. Uh, seeing, seeing the Tulsi. There's a nice uh, story about Tulsi, and there are many stories about Tulsi. I'll tell you one you probably haven't heard. But uh, the uh, the efficacy of of being attached to Tulsi is, is said to be extraordinary. Of course, we 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 uh, worship Tulsi in a particular way. Hmm? Uh, we have a song we sing, and, I, and Mitra Sain was kindly teaching some of you that that song. It's a very intimate song, actually. It's a song the author writes it in, in, um, in with an aspiration to for Sakibhav. To, to follow the, 
the gopis. Um, Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasitaku didn't allow that to be sung in his moths. There's another song about Tulsi. That's a song about Brindadevi. Hmm? And then the song about Tulsi. So Brindadevi and Tulsi, they're the same but different. Hmm? Tulsi is, uh, is, uh, is the, is the, uh, uh, the song that he sang, how does that song go? Hmm. Tulasi Maharani Brinde Maharani Namo Nama. So it's a it's a Vaidhi Bhakti song hmm, about Tulsi. The song we sing is a Rag Bhakti song. So, um, and but notably, in the Rag Bhakti song that we sing, for love and intimacy with uh, Sri Krishna. Um, Krishna Das, the author of the song, he says, Seva Adhikar Diye. He prays, Seva Adhikar Diye. Give me Diye, the Adhikar for Seva, for Rag Seva. So, there's some instability. One doesn't have full Adhikar and Rag Marg for incorporating all the practices. He or she prays for more more eligibility, something like that. So it was in consideration of eligibility and concern that his disciples did not think themselves more eligible than not, hmm? which was a common thing at the time. People were thinking themselves very eligible. One time, some of the leading disciples